0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview real estate and technology leaders, sponsored by Tribus and hosted by me, Johnny Pfeiffer. Our last episode featured Lindsay Ale from Better Homes and Gardens in Houston, and Lindsay shared incredible insight into the current market and how agents and brokerages should approach their business as things shift. With this comes a new year and a new direction in our podcast. While we have explored the details of the current market and how it has shifted from the past couple of years, we now want to begin looking forward to the future and see what's headed our way for all of us. To do so, I'm so excited to introduce one of our most esteemed guests, which is our very own Eric Stegeman, the founder and CEO of Tribus, this podcast. And just in case everyone isn't aware, Eric also was a founder and very successful real estate company. So, I think it is so important because Eric is going to bring a host of thoughts and insight to us from all sides of the real estate industry. And I find that very important for us. So, welcome, Eric. I'm so excited to have you on air today and for our listeners to hear your thoughts for 2023 and beyond. And I hope you have polished up your crystal ball for us.
1: <laughs> What's well, so funny being on the opposite side of this for, uh, for a few years, I, you know, I was on your side and so here I am on the other side now. So uh, thanks for, for inviting me to come back on.
0: No, absolutely. So excited about this. And as you and I both know, it's been an interesting ride these last three years. COVID completely changed the look and function of real estate for a while. And now everything's kind of getting back to people who are heading back into the office more consistently. Uh, We have seen kind of the chaos of the frenzied buying and the mass shifting of people across the country. And it seems as though we're normalizing a little bit and just having a nice, stable market and healthy in most regions. So I guess to kick us off before we look forward is I'd love to hear your current thoughts on the real estate market.
1: Well, you know, things are definitely down over last year, or I guess over 2021 here, we're recording this in, in early 2023. So things are definitely down. You know, I think everybody is, is seen transaction volume, uh, go down. Uh, but that's compared to a market in 2021, uh, where we did the record number of transactions in, in any time that since it's been recorded. So a good year. Uh, is you know five and a half or so million transactions and uh, I think last year we were on pace I don't think the final numbers have come out but we were on pace to do like 6.1 or 6.2 million transactions last year so anything going down from a record number of transactions is is gonna be uh, um, uh, is go- is gonna is gonna have a downtick right so um you know but that's not necessarily a bad thing uh i, I talk about this all the time we've got uh, a big chunk of our staff, Johnny, you're, you're included in that, that are employees that are based in Colorado, uh, that are out of our Denver office. And I think about this a lot of the average person in a, in a job that's in there, um, unless you're a senior level person, uh, can you afford a home? And so from that perspective, It's, it is uh, worrisome to me that we are in an industry, we, you know, we support the real estate industry and yet an average person and and an average job, um, you know, that's not making $200,000 a year in Denver, Colorado, where the average um, home price, even starter homes are $600,000, can't afford a home. They're out there renting. And so, you know, seeing in an environment where we're not getting 30 offers on the same property again, where it's driving, uh, first-time home buyers or, uh, uh, you know, mid-level move-up buyers uh, up to to make a purchase, I don't think that's necessarily such a bad thing. And I'm sure lots of realtors are out there saying, man, I'm going to make less money because we're doing less transactions this year. But put, putting a brake pedal on it just a little bit, or at least letting off the gas just a little bit, um, is, I don't think, necessarily such, such a bad thing. And the most important thing that I, I think everybody is always wondering uh, is are we going to see a downtick in price? You know, if if you bought in twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, are you are you going to see a, a a loss? And I think the answer to that question is I, I don't see that. You know, I, I I think we're fine in that regard. Um, I think if you bought at the absolute high of twenty twenty two. Um, you might be you might be upside down a little bit uh, right now, or not upside down necessarily in your down payment. We could talk more about that too because lending standards are so different today. But you, you're probably not you know you're certainly not seeing a 20% gain from from where we were at, and and I think people were used to that over 2020 and 2021. So, um, but most people in most homes they're not upside down in their their transaction, and uh, the fact that we just we just took our foot off the gas a little bit, I don't think is such a bad thing.
0: I I would love to jump in here and I want to drive home some thoughts on what Eric just shared with us for our listeners. I think number one is we all, Eric, acknowledge that sometimes the media, though often very helpful and informative, can also affect people's mindsets of reality in real estate. And we're hearing, oh, transactions are down, prices are down, listings are down, days on markets up. I think what I'd love for our listeners, especially our agents, to remember it's almost a guarantee that was going to happen because the unreality of real estate for the last couple of years Though a boom for many agents and many sellers for that matter, it wasn't realistic. It certainly wasn't sustainable. And I think everyone would agree with that. And that definitely drives home your comment on affordability. You know, it would make essentially home ownership impossible in the United States, let alone Colorado. And so I just want everyone to really sit on that for a moment, think about it. When your clients reach out to you and they're asking about the state of the market, it's expected, no one's surprised. We're not, have not seen anything near like an 08, nor do we expect that. It's just a healthy adjustment and a normalization to what's becoming our market conditions today. And so, and with that, Eric, you brought up, you know, people down payments and such, and there may be some people upside down. I agree with you. I think it would be minimal at worst. And I think we're still gonna continue to see an increase in home prices across the country just not at the levels we were, and we do see opportunity for buyers to step into the market and get out of the rental situation. So how do you feel as though the lending side with interest rates being up and such, how do you feel about that moving forward?
1: You know, I, I think obviously interest rates are, are derived from, you know, not necessarily a direct relevancy, but, but certainly part of it for, for what the Federal Reserve does um and and making the lending requirements from for banks um and so with that they were trying to quell inflation and holy cow did we have runaway inflation uh for for some time here in the united states i don't think anybody can disagree with that and so pushing the brakes on the economy as a whole um was something i think that was necessary so that we didn't get true runaway inflation, where you know, if you if you're a student of economics at all, this is how how a lot of countries have gotten into major problems. I mean, there's a reason why the yen you know is is valued and why people laugh, but it's you know so much more uh, for a dollar, and it's you know than than a yen is, and and it gets into these sorts of circumstances, and so getting to a level where one dollar is in a hundred dollars in a few years from now. Uh, was was something that needed to happen uh, to prevent that runaway inflation, and the problem with that is it, it's a very direct relevancy to, to slowing down uh, real estate because it gets more costly to get a loan, and so you know here we are in an environment where they shot up. Uh, and now we're back down a little bit at this point, uh, but uh, we're pretty pretty solid where we're at here in the uh, upper fives, lower sixes, kind of a ballpark. At one point, they were in the sevens, and so um, getting that to uh, to where it's at—that's you know what what was they felt was necessary to slow things down or slow the inflation side of things down. Um, I my hope, and I certainly believe this, is that later on this year. Um, when they slow things down or potentially even wheel it back a little bit um, that they went a little too far on it all uh, I feel like uh, you know rates will come back down and and, uh, you'll see a flurry of buying that people sat on the sidelines while rates were at six percent seven percent and five percent and then they'll wait until it has a four in front of it again and then I think you'll see um, all sorts of people jump
0: back in the market, particularly first-time home I agree 100% with that. I think it's a brilliant statement and kind of a synopsis of where we are with this. And I can remember when I was a young agent being regaled with stories by more senior agents of the past and, you know, oh, 17% interest rate in the 80s and such. What's interesting is, even when I began my career, though I'm still incredibly young, is interest rates, 5 and 6% was considered phenomenal. And I think when we look at historical interest rates, though, everyone was enjoying 2 and 3%, it isn't really realistic. And Eric just gave us some great reasons as to why. And I do agree with him completely. As we shift back to potentially a 45 to 55 range and such, it's definitely going to be... Uh, an opportunity for buyers to step back in plus not having the situation where they're one of 20 offers on a home. So I think all of that bodes well for the 2023 uh, real estate market and for our agents to continue to make money and to be successful. And that is a perfect segue, Eric. I'd love to pick your brain for our listeners we do get caught up a bit in the media and the news of what's happening in the real estate market. And sometimes we can kind of, if you say it, it becomes true. What I think is so important is, and you and I both have had a long history in real estate sales, those who are consistent and intentional and follow through every day and use all tools and systems available to them, find themselves to be successful regardless of the market. So with this shift, What primary areas do you think brokerages and agents should be focusing on as they start the new year?
1: Well, let's start with agents, Um, and that is listings always win. Representing buyers is great, but listing inventory is always the way you want to be as an agent. And so anything you can do outside of what I always call buying a listing, meaning if the home's worth a million and you take the listing at a million three, that's not a good decision. But if you have a home priced correctly and you can go get a listing, go get that listing because I'll tell you the inventory numbers are starting to come back down again uh, as as people find out that you know they're not getting top, top, top dollar to sell their home anymore. Um, Go get inventory. People still need to buy a home. There's still that side of the transaction. And then you get a a sign in the yard. You get uh, advertising on the internet. Um, You get your name placed in lots of places when you have uh, the listing. So be focused on getting listings, uh, uh, certainly number one. Um, And the second thing is, just stay in touch. This one drives me crazy. Johnny, you you know (laughs) this.
0: Yes, Um, the CRM, the sphere.
1: (laughs) I I literally just got off a call with a major Remax um, brokerage that's not currently a client of Travis. And um, it's one of those things that I just say frequently uh, about a CRM needs to help you work the people you already know and so many CRM tools and, and so many agents are focused on the next lead, the next thing that's out there, that they forget the business that's just sitting right in front of them, which is their, their database. And in a great market, in a, a fire, on fire market, like we were at in the past two years, agents get really complacent with doing that because they are so busy, they always have something new come in. And so they stop communicating with people. Well, by the time when things slow up again, if they haven't haven't uh, you know tended to the garden uh, of their leads of their their contacts uh, and their people that they know, those people have moved on. They found other people, or other people have started to market to them. And when the time comes for those people to make a real estate transaction, or if they know somebody making a real estate transaction, you're not the person they're going to call anymore. You're not their referral. You're not their, they're not going to be a referral source for you. And so this is always what I see when things go well, you know, because this is my, I guess, my third kind of cycle of a market happening uh, in my career of 20, 22, 23 years here. Um, third kind of major cycle sh- shift that I've seen is when things do this. You know, every agent is like, oh, well, here's everybody in my database. I guess I should go work that database list all over again. And and they didn't for the past three years or whatever it is. And then they wonder why all those people found other realtors. And so i would say wake up be intentional about your communication with your database make sure you're following up with those people keeping in touch with them just doing check-ins with them Um, if you're like i am know the ninja program uh, ninja selling uh, and what they do you know follow those sorts of things that will yield you success in good times and bad times and medium times that will yield you success of just staying in touch with folks. So so if you're an agent, that's, the, that's what I would be doing right now is just being vigilant about staying in touch with folks. If I'm a broker, I am out there right now doing a few different things. Number one is I am recruiting the A players in my market. Um, and you've got to be... At least an A player as a brokerage, or close to an A player, we're very fortunate at Travis that a lot of our clients are are those types of folks, and they're able to go recruit uh, people, or at least have recognition uh, with with other A players. But be focused on the A players, the people that have shown a propensity to be successful in good times and in bad times. Uh, find those sorts of people because. You know in in good times they might sell 30 homes a year and in, in bad times they might sell 20 homes a year but they're still selling 20 homes as opposed to the the person that sold five homes or three homes every single year uh and yeah you made it might have made a 50 50 split on that person or, or some high commission split on that person but in the times like now they're the people that are the first to leave the business or or even more so all of the people that are out there that you know, have done one or less transactions in the past two, you know, year or two years. So I'm out there recruiting. Um, the other thing that I'm doing is uh, I am investing in support because as uh, things turn down, what you'll see a lot of brokerages do is they will divest of of support uh, and and people and services and things like that that they provide, uh, but. We consistently we just wrote a blog post on the Tribus uh, blog this past week about why you agents join uh, or leave a brokerage? Number one is, is support. Number five was commission, by the way. So number one was support. Um, so be investing in that, be thinking about how can I make sure I've got somebody to answer agents questions 12 hours a day. Be thinking about what can I do to make my brokerage stand out? Uh, and and, and a sea of sameness of why would they join this brokerage over that brokerage. So I'm really focusing on my value proposition if I'm a broker in in today's market.
0: Well, and I think that's a great segue into with the look of support and focusing on consistency and utilizing tools. Pardon me. I think it also, Eric, is important for us to remind our listeners, those who are agents and selling brokers, It's utilizing those tools, it's utilizing the systems, it's using the support, because many of our brokerage clients provide so many things, and we find that agents don't always follow through that old adage of lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And so with that, what areas do you think as an agent, if I'm listening to Eric Stegeman today, I'm entering 2023, I sold 9 million last year in real estate, what are the top three to five things that are out there today that are vital for me to be successful in 2023? What is it that you think I need?
1: Well, I, I'm gonna speak from the, the the idea of you don't have a massive budget. Um, I'm gonna speak from, you know, there's there's agents out there. What do you need? I, I'm gonna speak from an average agent that's not out there spending $25,000 a month in, in Zillow leads or, or anything along those lines. Um, and so I would say, you know, f- first of all, is have a plan. Holy cow. That's, that's number one uh, of what are you going to do? How are you going to be intentional about your success? Um, so many agents and you know this, Johnny, like, they're just willy nilly out there just waiting for the next deal to come along, expecting it to land in their lap. They're not out there Uh, doing anything. And and, uh, there's a a, a fairly well known person in the real estate industry that did a survey and found out that the only difference between the person making $200,000 a year on average and the person making $50,000 a year on average is the $200,000 a year person spent at least five hours per week prospecting and working their database. So have a plan, wake up, you know, set yourself a goal that every single morning from 9 to 10 a.m. or, or you know, maybe you're an early riser, you know, 6 to 7 a.m., something like that, uh, that you, every single morning you're gonna wake up and you're gonna do X, Y, and Z to make sure you, you're intentional about working your systems and, and, and your database. Um, So that'd be number one. Number two is, I I think I would say... And
0: Eric, if I may, I would love just to drive home a point that you just brought up that's so important. I would love for everyone to really hear. Most of our agents in the real estate industry are successful by accident. And I think what is very important that we drive home, what Eric just shared with all of us is the tool of being intentional and being successful on purpose because that mantra in your head every single day is the best way to be successful. So thank you for sharing that.
1: And it it
0: really is. I mean,
1: there's the the difference between the agents that make all the money in the business, they're not rocket scientists out there with some better, better tool or better plan or anything like that. And as much as I would love to say, like Tribus will solve all of an agent's problems and help them sell a whole bunch of real estate tomorrow, that's just not the case. Um, it, it, it is a relationship business and it's about doing things consistently. It's not about, you know, silver bullets. And and so many agents want it to be about silver bullets and they go out and spend a bazillion dollars on different tools that were out there. But you can be successful as an agent with the least expensive tool that's out there if you're very intentional about what you do. now. You know if you have better tools it makes you know uh uh new agents more successful and it makes you know ve- veteran agents more successful uh but you can be successful i mean i, I when i started on the real estate business um there there was email and that was pretty much it and the brokerage didn't even provide an email account i had to go set up one uh, on my own uh, that was it there was no tools there was nothing other than i got to use their computer to log into the mls and i had a printer. Uh, and, a, and a fax machine. That, that's what I had when I started, right? And so, um, you know, other agents in my office, they had just started using this new thing called Top Producer, uh, and it came on diskettes uh, back in the day that loaded on their computer, and they were all excited about it, and that's and part of the reason why I dug into it is I really saw value there, but the truth was I was successful uh, without having those tools because I woke up every day and I was willing to put in the work and I wasn't just sitting there saying, I'm gonna wait for something to come to me. And that's the problem. So I, I would say if, if there's any broker listening, uh, any agent out there listening, worried about what's gonna come next, it's create a plan and stick to the plan unless you see anything that tells you you shouldn't stick to that plan. Uh, and not just you're hesitant about the plan, but something that tells you, you need to break away from what the plan is for some, for some reason or another. You know, if you, if you were doing, uh, uh, for example, if you were focused on all people buying homes where they needed a mortgage uh, over the past you know, year and, and that was your plan and you were really focused on those types of folks, maybe you need to shift a little bit with, with rates doubling uh, over the course of six months. Um, and so that would be something that you would have to change a plan uh, necessarily on, or at least change what kind of dollar bracket you, were, you might've been focused on before. I'm talking about creating a plan that's a lasting plan uh, where it's you know I'm gonna reach out to uh, uh, anytime somebody in my my area says that they're hiring I'm gonna reach out to the HR rep for that for that business and I'm gonna reach out and see if I can't help them uh, uh, get get folks set up and offer a plan to uh, to help theirs or, or be the be the person that is the official relocation agent uh, of that company um, or I'm gonna spend time and I'm gonna work through my database uh, every single day. And and I've got enough people in there that if I could just sell a home to everyone in my list and everybody they know, I know I could sell a whole lot of homes and just be be uh, working that database every single day. So that would be, you know, I, I don't know. And this sounds uh, this sounds like the thing people say, you know, one, two, and three, you ask me for three things that they should be focused on. That's one, two, and three, you know? I mean, however you wanna implement that, Um, creating the plan is the first and foremost item. And then the implementation of that plan should be unique based upon what uh, what your plan item is. And it needs to be changed and different a little bit. That's why, that's why having like an accountability buddy or, or, you know, obviously with, with your team of, of coaches or, or, you know, anybody that's out there, an office manager that can help hold you accountable, you know, write the plan down, put it in writing and then, and then be accountable to it. I, I, I just think that's the most important thing any agent can be focused on right now.
0: Well, I I just absolutely agree a thousand percent. And I think what I'd love to surmise in that and love to drive home to everyone in regards to everything you just shared so brilliantly is one, the silver bullet is everything. There is not, as you, I love that analogy. There's not a rocket scientist realtor who has one magnificent lead generation program that no one else knows about. Believe it or not, the silver bullet everyone has access to it because it's everything it's working your sphere it's working the tools and systems and your database and open houses and farming and marketing it's it's a collection of everything is the silver bullet and what is so exciting for agents of this generation in the future i mean as i've shared in previous podcasts with my listeners some who may get cross-eyed at even the thought of it when i started real estate we had an mls book there was no online mls everything generated out of a book and we had to go into the office and photocopy pages and try to go show property. It has never been easier to run a real estate empire as an agent than it is today. And if you look at the tools like a company like Tribus that provides to our agents nationwide, it, you can be unstoppable. You can just, you, you. there is no limit to the ability to be successful if you're consistent, intentional, and follow through. It's truly that simple, would you agree?
1: For for sure, you know, at at risk of sounding salesy on it. I mean, I I think if you have any tool um, and you stick to that tool, the problem is, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I see agents, I just talked about this earlier today with with a different brokerage. I can't tell you how many times I see agents, you know, it's in, in these Facebook groups. I, I don't know if any of our listeners are part of like lab coat agents or what should I spend my money on? Or there's a couple of these other groups that are on Facebook that have tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of members that are, that are in these Facebook groups. And you know what the most common request is? Uh, what's everybody's favorite CRM? And then they go on to explain, well, I tried this one last year and this one this year. And then this one is what I was thinking about signing up for, but I wanted to know if anybody thought something about it. That is silver bullet mentality. That is someone that thinks the CRM is gonna make them successful. And the problem is that's not how it works. It is. Uh, it, it really is based around the idea of you know, creating the plan and executing uh, on that plan. And like you said, Johnny, you know, when I started selling real estate, we, uh, um, you could log into the to the MLS, but it had just launched that you could log in from a, a web browser uh, and you could only use Internet Explorer. And that was the only browser you could use uh, and log in and, and get access to the MLS. But there was still in my, in the office, there was still the big book Uh, of of everything and everything that had been listed for sale. And if you wanted to use a lookup directory, um, there was a a service where you could find owners of homes and things like that. That was only in the office uh, that you had to go into. There was a lot of the properties that we listed um, where the sellers still didn't wanna have lock boxes on their properties. So their keys were held in the office that had the listing. So if I wanted to go show three homes, I had to go drive to three offices and get keys and then drive out and show the properties. So you're right. Everything is easier today, but you have to lean into it. You've you've gotta you've you, you gotta jump into the tool and commit to whatever that tool is, whether it's email marketing or or a CRM tool or 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 you know knocking on doors. You've got to lean into it. You can't just bounce around and say I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this. That's where people spend all their time in switching costs and uh, switching back and forth between tools, and then they're not successful.
0: I agree. And I think one key component, what's important for everyone to know what you just said, it isn't just being consistent, using the same tools over and over. It's giving them time. If you notice Eric was commenting on, I tried this one, then I tried this one. The challenge is in everything you're doing in your silver bullet formula, which is a wide net of things, is most of the time when agents give up is when it's just starting to work so marketing is a great example it's impossible to fully track the effects of your marketing because we don't know who's keeping that postcard or who's listening to your audio listings and such so what I think is so important is consistency and continually doing this and then tracking with your business plan over a year's time and making adjustments according to what you see being successful and what isn't and so with that, Eric, you kind of bring us to the end here. It just fascinates me on these podcasts. It's been 28 and a half minutes, and it seems like five. I, I could literally talk to you for hours about these things. It's it's exciting, and it's fun, and I think everyone is so interested in hearing from so many different people. There's so many ideas. We just have such genius on this podcast. And so I just thank you for being one of those guests for us today. And I'd love for you to wrap us up with some key factors from the technology world that you see heading their way for the real estate industry. Sure.
1: Um, well, you know, first of all, I would say, uh, there's nobody coming for real estate agents. I keep hearing this, I just heard this again today uh, from a broker. You know, it's, it, the I buyer is not gonna make real estate agents go away. The, the uh, Redfin, uh, these types of companies, they're not making, Zillow is not making real estate agents go away. People still wanna have a person involved in their transaction, right? Uh, they wanna have that advice that they can go and get. I know there's a lot of people that are worried about the lawsuits that are going on that think buyer commissions are going to go away. Guess what, folks? Buyer commissions are not going to go away. You know what's going to end up happening is it's just going to be a disclosure um, and the seller is going to have the opportunity to say, I don't want to pay a buyer commission. And so the buyer will have to pay the buyer commission, but all of the mortgage companies will figure out a way to finance that and take care of that. So, so the sky is not falling in any way, shape or form, there's still going to be a realtor on both sides of the transaction because it's a good thing for for every single buyer that's out there to have that. Um, so, you know, no realtor, realtors are, are simply just not not going to go anywhere. Um, that being said, uh, there are some things that agents should be looking at. I don't know what you, you said, crystal ball. Um, uh, if you guys haven't heard of the chat GPT thing that came out where there's this company called OpenAI that makes uh, AI services uh, for um, you could you know, can essentially ask it a question and it'll write uh, material for you or or chat back and forth with you when you ask it the question. Um, I think that's a tool and it's not it's, it's simply not going to get rid of a realtor but it can help you in your business for example you could use it to to write market updates you know and right now that their tool doesn't you can't ask it questions like you know uh forecast the market for me or or uh, tell me what the market did in 2022. You can't ask it questions like that, but that'll come. That'll be there in the, in the not so distant future. But what you can ask it for to, to help you with right now as an as an agent is maybe say, you know, what are some tips in in buying uh, for buying a home in a down market, or what are some uh, something that I can maybe post a couple tidbits on my social media profiles that that it spits out and write for me that you know is right and you edited it. Um, but but it actually does the hard work of actually writing out the content uh, for you. So if you haven't looked at, at tools like ChatGPT, maybe take a quick peek at it. Man, it's free and it's it's pretty pretty darn good uh, if you stay within the box um, that that uh, that it uses. So I would say you take a look at that. And then the last thing is is you know what we've been talking about is CRMs um, and and other tools like that. I think what we are every single agent finally realized is it's better to have one good tool than 25 great tools. Um, and I'll use the one good tool that tries to do, you know, a number of the things that I needed to do. So many agents in the past, you know, that was one of the reasons why I feel like they bounced around all the time is they had one tool for email marketing and one tool for CRM and one tool for transactions and one tool for, uh, for their website and another tool for, for uh, uh, their email, et cetera, et cetera and and i think uh what agents have really recognized is that they need one tool that does everything they need it to do pretty well and then it's all in one place and seeing that in one place so looking at a tool and, and finding the right tool and digging in and making a multi-year commitment to that tool not a six-month commitment and then getting wandering eyes from it but making a multi-year commitment that says no matter what else comes out i'm going to stick with this tool for a while and really dive in on it and get and squeeze every last drop of value out of it. Whatever that tool is, you know, there's that saying about CRM: the, the best CRM is the one you use. Um, whatever it is, that 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 statement has truth in, uh, in in the value of that CRM or the value of whatever tool you that you have is really around diving in and using the tool. That really is the
0: case. Absolutely. And I think one thing that I'd like to circle back to for our listeners is in this last segment of this episode, what I would love to point out is Eric started with there will always be needs for the real estate agent. It is a people business through and through, has been and always will be. It's typically the largest thing that anyone invests in in their life. And they want to do that with a person, not a computer. What I would love to drive home to everyone is I growing up in the business and being part of real estate was always afraid of technology. What I think we need to shift in our heads as agents, especially those who aren't newer to the industry and aren't accustomed to using it as often or consistently, is it truly is our best friend in the business. It makes us more efficient, it makes us more productive, and it gives us the opportunity to do what we do best and that's selling. So don't be afraid of technology. It's not replacing us. It's actually helping us be better at our jobs and most importantly, provide better service to our customers. And I think that's the key to it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, I, I keep saying this, but I said this earlier today again, which
1: is uh, that technology is, is you know simply not there to replace agents, and it's not there to do their job for them. It's it's there to make them more productive uh, with the time that they have. And and uh, I know in a past episode, or at least one past episode. Uh, of the podcast back when I hosted it, I, I talked about Dunbar's number. Johnny, have you and I ever talked about Dunbar's number before? We haven't. So there was this, and a very quick story, because I know we're running out of time, uh, but, but there was a, um, there was this guy named Robin Dunbar, and uh, he, he came up and realized that the average human uh, can keep track of about 150 relationships and that was the extent of how many that a human could really keep good track of is, is about 150 people. They could remember things like, you know, who their spouse was, uh, children, um, you know, stay in touch uh, with that person. And we're talking about Robin Dunbar come up with this number a uh, hundred and something years ago uh, coming up with, and it turns out that the number, uh, when you take technology out of it is still about the exact same. Um, when when. Uh, an average human can keep track of about 150 relationships in their brain and remember who the person is and and everything like that. What technology has allowed us to do, particularly in the business of sales and the business of a relationship sales business like real estate is, is to extend that number. And where you don't have to remember every single thing about every single person, but you can make a note on it. And that way, when you recall that person, um, you, you can Be reminded of who that person is and everything that happens that's the best use of technology in real estate is to stay in touch with more people than what 150 people uh, of dunbar's number allows you to do so keep that in mind is it's not it's not there to help you sell more real estate it's there to keep help you keep track of more relationships um, so that you can be more productive expand out that number of communication and and relationships that you have to those 150 people and like i i always said to my agents back in the day if you could sell home to everybody you know that 150 people and everybody they know,
0: that's a whole lot of people. That's a lot of people and I think the key to that is, one closing or one referral equals five new business leads in the future. And so imagine that number you just gave and the multiplier is five each. It's, it's, it's incredible. Again, it goes back to the sky is the limit. There is no limit to being successful in real estate with today's world.
1: 100 percent you know i'm looking forward to 2023 uh it is a year i think that will show uh, there's a there's a great warren buffett quote uh, which is uh, when the tide goes out, it shows you who uh, who had their swimming trunks on. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that's a great thing that can happen in, inside of uh, inside of real estate is, you know, this year will be the year that brings out and makes the cream, the agents that are willing to make plans and, and goals. We, we didn't talk too much about specifically setting goals for the year, but, but not just creating plans and, and following those, but also setting goals for the year and having them written down and track yourself towards those goals. It's going to show the people that do that and, and have made uh, and have been intentional about it and the people that were willy-nilly in real estate because they can make a, a quick dollar or two over the past two years.
0: Absolutely, I agree. and And I think what is so amazing about this and these conversations is at the end of each podcast, I learn something every single time. And I hope our listeners do as well. But what I think is important is we now we're seeing a lot of success with the podcast and its continuation into a new season. And we're getting a lot of feedback and commentary from people who listen. And Eric, this was very powerful today. I think it was very beneficial. I think the topics were perfect for the beginning of the year. And I just want to thank you for bringing on your expertise because you bring the unique angle of knowing real estate. Sales and knowing technology, and I'm guessing if I were a betting person, many of our listeners are going to want to hear from you again in 2023. So thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Johnny. You've been doing a, a great job
1: with this program, and I, I look forward to listening to future episodes. And you know, you know, I'm always happy to
0: to jump on. Well, thank you so much, and to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us today for the Brokerage Insider. And please stay tuned for our next episode when we will be bringing you more exciting news and insight from the 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 real estate industry. Please listen to us everywhere you're able to listen to your podcasts and they are always available on our Tribus website, tribus.com. Happy New Year everyone and thank you for listening.